everybody, we're back with another podcast and we're continuing our TIFF series. And so today we're highlighting the TIFF project in Tisuki, which is the wastewater expansion project. Um, and here with us today is Deborah Griego. And please introduce yourself. Good morning. Uh, my name is Deborah Griego. I'm the division director for Pueblo Tisuki, and I'm also the administrator for the wastewater expansion project. So, Deborah, um, could you describe the project that's funded by TIFF right now? So, the project entails uh, 50 wastewater connections. Um, it would throughout the Pueblo. It would be on the east side of the river. Uh, there's homes. There's about 50 homes that are on septic right now, and we are going to. We actually, the project has already begun, and we are putting in a wastewater collection system to get everybody um, currently on septic, off the septic, and into that system, that which will be um, processed by the uh, intergenerational um, wastewater plant here at Tasuki. Uh, and so when did the project first start? The pro- we began the process about five years ago. Um, and we have been applying uh, for funding, so we were awarded two TIF, um, uh, two TIF grants, and we also were able to get some money from the USDA. And so uh, together with that, we had enough money to do um, the project, but it's been about five years in the making to try to get enough funds to, uh, you know, to complete the project. That being said, uh, what stage is the, the project currently in? We are about, uh, we are in a, a month into the project, into the construction project, and I would say it's about uh, 20% complete. Wow, that's been moving fast. Yes, it has. It's, it's actually been really great. Um, we had a... Uh, community meeting about two weeks ago uh, with all the, the tribal members that will be affected and they are really excited um, and you know happy to have this wastewater system and it's, it's a lot better for the environment uh, within Tosuki and for and it's healthier for the people um, that we you know we are able to do this wastewater collection system and you know process the, the waste and uh, be able to, you know, uh, afford uh, some of the areas of the Pueblo to be watered through gray water. So we're very, very excited about the project and, and the benefit to the Pueblo. Um, so you stated that this project has been five years in the making. Can you kind of tell us the different organizations, entities, or tribal departments that were needed to really um, get this project from the planning stages to the actual implementation? Sure. Um, we started off by, uh, you know, getting small appropriations to, for example, do the preliminary engineering report, to do an environmental assessment. All of those are little, you know, pieces of planning. So we were able to use um, some USDA funds to do some of the planning. Some of the planning was paid uh, for through the use of TIF. Uh, we were able to use some local government planning funds from the New Mexico Finance Authority. So we started 
and then from the master plan, we did a, a preliminary engineering report, then we did an environmental assessment, and then we did um, preliminary, well, uh, I guess the planning, which um, design, and the design was finished about a year ago, and then uh, we had to, you know, we had different applications out to try to fund the entire uh, construction phase. So uh, we are in construction phase right now. Um, the bids uh, came in significantly higher than the engineer's estimate, but we've able, been able to uh, implement some cost-saving measures in order to get the project completed. So throughout this five-year process, uh, have there been any difficulties that occurred during any of the stages of the project? Just in terms of planning or maybe perhaps even during construction? Well, there has been some um, shortcomings uh, in that a lot of the funding that we had been applying for all had funding caps. So it was difficult. We knew we were going to need, you know, more money than we were able to get. For example, in 2017, we got an appropriation from TIF and the max amount that we could apply for was $750,000. And then again in 2018, we made another application for um, TIF and we were capped at $1.32 million. So all along, we have to be able to coordinate all the funding applications and then the time frames um, that these applications uh, require because, for example, we, we applied for USDA funds and it took almost two years to obtain that funding. Uh, they, you know, they had shutdowns during this time and then um, they ran out of funding and then they appropriated more money and they said we were eligible, but then there was more uh, closures, you know, at the federal government level. So finally, when we did get the money, uh, they had cut back from the original request. So, um, you know, it was very difficult to try to get all the funding deadlines aligned and then get, you know, bits and pieces from different places in order to make the project whole. So I think that was basically our, our biggest challenge. So what was your role in the whole project? I was the person in charge of uh, writing the grant applications. Uh, I'm the person that coordinates and does the request for proposals and select the, you know, the engineer or the contractor uh, to do this work. And then I do all the reporting and I do all the billing. Yeah, so I guess you had a lot to do then because you're very essential in the process since you're the grant writer. Yes. So, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm the grant writer and, you know, I do the whole process of doing uh, a request for proposal for whatever services we need and then, you know, doing the contracts, getting everything signed, uh, getting everything approved by the funders, and then, uh, you know, giving notice to proceed with the project, and then uh, just oversight over the project, making sure that with the billings come in, that they're for exactly what the contractors have performed, uh, making sure that everything adds up, doing all the reporting on the uh, CPMS system and making sure that all our, you know, notices of obligation are done correctly and that we're able, you know, that all our billings are done correctly and that we have um, 
you know, substantiated uh, and justified all the expenses. I guess one last question for me would be, if you could give any sort of tips to other Pueblos or other tribal nations here in the state when it comes to applying for things like TIF and capital outlay, what would that be? Or what would your tips be? Well, I think um, what's really important is to have a, a project that is completely outlined because sometimes I think people have ideas, oh, you know, this will be a good project or that'll be a good project, but they don't even know where to start. So you need to start small, and that's why I think we have had successes because, um, you know, we'll start with just maybe asking for $50,000, for example, for a preliminary engineering report, and then like an environmental. So we took a lot of steps uh, before we even got to design because when you do these applications, uh, the applications ask a lot of questions, and if you don't have something that is completely um, outlined and, and you know, you have, you, you know exactly what you're asking for, then you can't really do a very good application. So it's always good to have, you know, like getting a preliminary engineering report because at least they tell you what's the parameters of the project, um, what do we need to cover, um, you know, what, what needs to be in the scope, and that way you have costs that are relevant to the project and you have information and you can attach those documents that you have, um, you know, that have been prepared for you into your application and then that's very helpful in that they know that you've gone through all the steps and that you're doing everything on your part to uh, be able to, you know, have a, a proper scope and, and proper costs. Um, I know that you mentioned that you guys held a community meeting um, about the project. So what impacts has the project had um, or what impact do you want the project to continually have after it's done? Well, I think um, this project is really good because it helps uh, underserved or and the senior citizens a lot more uh, because if they have a septic tank, um, they have to maintain it, and sometimes it's hard for them to get that proper, properly serviced and maintained. And if the systems fail, then, you know, it could potentially uh, penetrate into the water system or to the aquifers or, um, you know, there's children outside that are playing and they don't know that the septic system has failed and there's, you know, um, water, gray water around the area, that's potentially a, a health issue for, you know, for people. So I think from that perspective is that it's, it's a wastewater collection system that, that will take that maintenance away from the community members and bring it onto the Pueblo, and that way we can assure that the, the waste is treated properly and, you know, it won't penetrate the aquifer, for example, or that people will get sick. So um, I think this is a better way to go environmentally and, you know, and also it relieves the tribal member of the burden of having to maintain these systems. Um, thank you again for talking with us. Thank you for having me and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
So a little bit of an announcement today. Um, I will be returning to school th- this coming week. So this is actually my last podcast, guys. It's a little sad to say goodbye, but it's it's been great talking to all of you and bringing you these episodes of the IAD podcast. But uh, for now, I will bid you all farewell and good luck. Thanks, guys.